There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rotten Treasure. <laughs> you like that? Uh, I'm the other host, Kai Bobby, and oh no, god damn it, I was so close. Hold on, I got it. <laughs> Hi. Welcome mm-hmm. to Rotten Treasure. We watched The Hobbit, that like really old one, like the animated one from like 1977. Yeah, I know things. Uh, with me. Uh, is the host. I'm the other host. I almost had it. Just keep going. Just keep going. You got no, this. I'm the other host, and with me today is Jim O'Donnell, the host. How are you, Jim? Thank you. I'm good, Kai Bobby, the name that you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Oh, that's so fair. <laughs> it's so hard. I respect your job so much. Like, honestly, this is... It's tough. Um, to be honest, I don't do it in, in a specific order. I just say hi, and then I choose either I'm Jim O'Donnell or we watch The Hobbit, and I and we just keep rolling from there. Oh, I fucked it up. I'm gonna do it one more time, okay? We don't have to do this one more time. Let's just bring in our guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I remembered I forgot something. It's fine. No, 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 no. We watch The Hobbit. You're Kai Bobby. I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the host, Jim O'Donnell. And now our guest. We watched Pitch Perfect uh, <laughs> with us Pitch today. Perfect The Hobbit. <laughs> with us today is our guest. Let's bring them in. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, with us today, uh, without further ado, is Kyle Hanlon. Kyle, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me on for uh, Pitch Perfect. Uh, it, I watched it. Loved it. You know, mm-hmm. gotta love no diggity, no doubt. Gotta love I'm, I'm starships. A big... Such a such a beautiful movie. I know how much Jim loves that movie. So, uh... oh, huge fan. I'm a big fan when Anna Kendrick sings "Down Down in Goblin Town," and also <laughs> that's what Bobo Baggins hates. <laughs> oh my God, we need that crossover. Oh, I want to <laughs> see that. That's what YouTube's for. You know, it's not too late. We can make that. Of course. Yeah, I'll tweet Anna Kendrick. I feel like she'd be like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Let's do it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so, Kyle, real quick, what is your real quick? <laughs> excuse me. Uh, over the course of the next hour and fifteen to twenty minutes, uh, what is your relationship with uh, the Hobbit? So, in relationship with the Hobbit. Um, I believe I watched this like very young. I want to say like when I was in. Some sort of after school program. Um, I remember watching it and just being like some sort of fever dream that mm-hmm. like just happened. Um, I've seen most, no, I've actually seen all of the Lord of the Rings. I remember when I was younger, I had pneumonia for, that like just took me out for about a month at school. And um, I came back right around the time that we were doing our, our fall concert and uh, I was playing flute for that and they were like yep you can't play so i was just like super distraught and my family was like how about we just go watch two towers and it's like hell yeah which was amazing in in theaters uh return of the team was also super awesome in theaters but that's like the last time i've seen it 
for everyone who was like, let's just like watch nine straight hours of movies. I've never done that in my life. Um, more, more often I've actually played more of the video games, uh, than the movies, but, uh, Oh, hell yeah. So good. I actually, I actually, yeah, I played, um, I had them on GameCube. Uh, and yeah, I think most of my experience with the movies, despite the fact I've seen them a thousand times, might've been playing the return of the King game just over and over. The, the, the tower at the end where you have to do the challenge tower of like 40 floors. Phenomenal. Is that was that with Gandalf? I think so. It was like right at the end. I I had them on the PS2, uh, so I I remember the two two towers. One I remember, mm-hmm. uh, Return of the King and Lo- and Fellowship of the Ring was like weirdly different. It was more of like an RPG rather than just like a hack and slash. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even play it. I I heard that it was so different that I was like, nah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Same. Did I also you- had it on the the Game Boy Advance as well, which was also completely different. <laughs> Uh, but this is actually the first time that I've watched any sort of Lord of the Rings things since probably seeing like the first of the new Hobbits and it's yeah, just like yeah. super okay, okay. completely different oh when did you see that back when those came out or did no, you see those so recently I saw it about a few years ago just hanging out with with, with my friends um, I, I remember uh, watching like that whole entire scene where the 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 Dwarves come in and they're singing the song about uh, making sure that they don't mess up uh, Bilbo's plates. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> in that movie was like half hour in. In this movie, I don't know, five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Lasts oh. about thirty seconds. In the other movie, it's about <laughs> about five minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, he signs his life away in seven minutes. It's so weird watching like nine hours of the hobbit stretched out like unnecessarily into into three movies actually more than nine hours uh probably if i had to guess uh just just smushed into 78 minutes just being like all right go um i don't know if yeah it was just it was gnarly it's so weird like that was my first like main take is like the fact that literally 10 minutes into the movie we're already in the in the mountains it's just like this this just felt like a super like spastic movie, and not that it was bad, but it just felt like so different from from what you from watching all of the the Lord of the Rings movies, how they're all three hours long, and then this is just like wow, like we're already here. If anything, it's just a it was it was needed. It was a nice palate cleanser. It moves at a breakneck pace. Yeah. Everything a... just happens. He's just like, he's like, oh, I'm just sitting on my porch. Oh, a wizard. Oh, the <laughs> dwarves are in my house now and they're all eating my stuff. Yeah, I'll sign a contract. Uh, we're in the woods. Cool. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus. Jim, the, uh, the, the conversation in order to be like, hey, do you want to go on this journey was just as simple as this. There's a magic in the music and it moves through me. You feel the love of beautiful things, which is if you say you feel the love of beautiful things to a stranger, you're a fucking weirdo um, to go. And, and see- if you answer, you feel the love of beautiful things with, yeah, sure. I'll go. I'll go risk my life. <laughs> you are literally just as weird Yeah, to go and see the gray mountains and hear uh, the, the pine trees and the waterfalls. To wear a sword instead of a walking stick. And Bilbo's just like, all right, just once. <laughs> His, he just says, just once. 
Just this time, guys. <laughs> and that's it. I also love Gandalf's logic and the dwarves logic where it's like, 13, super unlucky number. 14, perfect, perfect lucky number right there. Sure. Yeah, yeah whereas in the book, it's a little more complicated in that they're like, we need a burglar. That's And that's literally it. That was There's no other explanation. They're just like, we need a burglar. And then in the appendices of the Lord of the Rings book, uh, there's like a little thing that says like, oh, he uh, Gandalf met with Thorin and he was like, you should get, we should get a burglar. And that, and then they kind of expand a little bit more as to why Gandalf is on this adventure with the dwarves. That's kind of it. I think it's, I think it's kind of ridiculous that hobbits don't know like he doesn't know what a burglar is like the like it's not like people just like hobbits just became a thing or like this whole world hasn't existed for a while like this is like the second generation of what is it what do people call it it's not second generation there's there's like world one world two yes the first age the second age it's the third age yeah 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 so right so i mean like the fact that he's like not heard this before is like surprising to me but maybe i'm wrong i mean are, are they living such vastly separated lives that they don't hear that kind of language like mm-hmm. sure. the idea is that they're so common like uh, uh all, all they do is just relax all the time that there's no need to think about a burglar because why would anyone steal when you've got uh you can smoke weed and uh eat food all day there's no yeah. point what were you gonna say Kyle? well that's that's the other part right it's like he so like like Kai was saying was so willing to do this right where yeah. it's like yeah I'll be your burglar sure. when when you didn't even know the the word to begin with and then it's like yeah that sounds like me person who just <laughs> drinks and eats all day and smokes yeah perfect gotcha yeah uh, I'm just trying to, like I feel like I hate to say it but I see a little bit of myself in that character because someone I could be like hey look we're gonna get you a new job you're gonna be an accinator it's gonna be $25 an hour I'm like <laughs> I don't know what an accinator is but it sounds cool I'll do that yeah sure I love I love that you identify with the character that's supposed to be the everyman <laughs> you, you, <laughs> whose sole purpose in the movie is for you to relate to them and you're like yeah I'll I'm just like say that it. guy like, I'll, yeah. I'll just say it Jim I know it's a little brave of me taking a strong stance yeah, <laughs> that's me. You also, know what else? Samwise Gamgee. That's me. Sorry, Kai. What'd you say? Yeah, where Where are all the other hobbits in this? Like you, in in everything else, you see a bunch of trolls. You see a bunch of elves. You see a bunch of humans. Where's Where are all the other hobbits? Ah, they're not there. Uh, to be fair, he is the Hobbit. Uh, <laughs> and I guess in the book, they're just like, well. I guess Tolkien's idea was just like, well, why would I bring in any more hobbits in? Because I've got one. I've got the hobbit. I don't want to. He's got to be a fish out of water. He's got to be a completely weird thing in this world. So, or I guess it's whatever the opposite of a fish out of water is. I don't know. I don't know what the term is for that. Well, it's, it's what's it's, I guess it's in fire. Because it's opposite of water, so it's the opposite bird. of a fish, a bird, oh. a bird in fire. Yeah, a bird in like fire. That. Okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so he's a bird in fire, which are it's the two it's the two concept of comedy is the bird in fire and the fish out of water. <laughs> Those are the only two ways you can make comedy. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, it's been well established. Look, I, Kai and I have spent a thousand, at least a thousand dollars on comedy classes. 
oh no i'm a. I get that scholarship i'm like hey i'm queer i'm trans i'm poor give me a free class and i get a, i get a lot of free classes oh okay well i've spent a thousand dollars on comedy classes <laughs> thanks jim <laughs> i appreciate you pay, making your payments so the rest of us can just be like sweet thanks for the, no yeah. i uh i definitely i've definitely put at least 500 um uh, because I, I at this point i'm covering my classes but uh yeah no definitely i've i've given a uh like to like side classes too i'm just like yeah five dollars sure take my money uh improv shows also like even though like once i was outside of classes and they weren't free anymore i was just like whoa 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 how much (laughs) to support live artists this thing that i love doing no way i'm not gonna oh okay yeah it's fine yeah uh Uh, Kyle, just so you know, there is a thing within Philadelphia where if you're if you're within the comedy community, you can just say that and then you get to pay half price. Like normally oh, yeah. the tickets would be ten dollars and then Kai would be like, um, I'm on daddy issues and then they'd go, Oh, five dollars please. Yeah, I said we're we're on an indie team, we're a team, we're in the community. Uh, we're like actively participating. What's up? I like to believe it's the other way where it's like, I'm on daddy issues, it's like, oh now you have to pay double. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> for uh twenty dollars for tickets oh god i wouldn't even go except i would if i have done that i mean they probably don't know what daddy issues is if i just said that and didn't even give the context that it's a team i mean i guess they probably know that but also they're like oh my god no i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah just go in for free <laughs> yeah they just don't know what you're you they just don't know what prepositions are. they think that we don't know what prepositions are and we're just like I'm on daddy issues and they're like, oh no, this poor soul. Is that what these kids are doing these days? They're on they're all on daddy issues. We're all know? on the daddy issues. Oh, <laughs> uh, especially Jim. Uh Jim hates his father. I love my dad. I don't even want you saying that. <laughs> don't 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 put that on record. I love my father. He's a great guy. There are enough on record for Jim. Don't don't bring that up. No, I know. I, know. <laughs> I know he does. I'm not supposed to be bullying you. You're, you're, you're the other host. I apologize. Oh yeah, fuck you, Kai. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle, what, what would you say is, uh, like, what are some of your favorite parts of this movie? <sighs> favorite parts. Um, well, right off the bat, like my favorite quote is. Literally at the beginning where Gandalf is like, my name is Gandalf, and Gandalf means me. And then just like the lightning comes down. That's a book quote. Yeah. I could tell you, I actually remember this. That is from the book. Really? Gandalf is me? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, Bilbo's like, what's your name? And he's like, Gandalf. And he's like, huh, never heard of a Gandalf. And he's like, Gandalf means me. And he's (laughs) He is way more of a dick in this movie than he is in any of the other uh, performances, I'll call him. A hundred percent. Like, he is super menacing, like, up front. And then just, like, half of the time he just fucks off until he's the, the plot device. Mm. I love when I love the way they explain that away is one of the doors is just like, he's a wizard, he comes and goes. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I, I'm the everyman. I don't care. I also really enjoyed the whole uh, Schmeagol thing. Um, that was... That, he just looks... Whoa. Like, you think I'd be more bothered by, like, the skeletal chaos that was 
in the live like movies whatever the live action ones but this being bothered me (laughs) a lot he's huge for some reason he's huge in this movie yeah and he's a frog yeah also of course i love like solving riddles and as someone's trying to you know as i'm trying to solve riddles he's just like prodding me and poking me and telling me how delicious i'm gonna be because that that totally helps I don't know, I've never been entrapped and, like, threatened to be eaten before and had to do one riddles, of, but that does sound frustrating. <laughs> one of my favorite things was during that scene, um, they use the same riddles. It's the same, like, nine riddles every time they make these, they make this story. It's never mm-hmm. been changed. And we had watched The Hobbit a month ago, <laughs> in which, when we were watching The Hobbit, my girlfriend was saying the answers to the riddles. Because she was, like, figuring them out as they were going. Uh, in this one, they started doing the riddle. And she's like, oh, wind! Wind does that! And I was like, yeah, you saw it a month ago. This isn't impressive anymore. <laughs> uh, you really need to work on your, like, uh, like sarcastic slow clap for these moments. You know, that's what you really want to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for everyone listening right now, uh, Jim looks is looking off into the distance, kind of disconnected from reality, <laughs> and slowly clapping. Uh, like um, I I always remember when the Joker claps in uh, the Dark Knight. I, I this is an audio <laughs> podcast. It's going to be stupid for me to do this. But he's like, <laughs> if you if everyone doesn't know what that is it looks like someone just learning that their hands can go together uh, and just it's like like a toddler figured it out and they just keep whacking it's like, them together it's like if a seal figured out how to uh, like if a seal became a person and you I, made him happy and not seal the <laughs> singer he's a real person like uh, seal the animal wait you don't mean the pokemon or the or no. the singer no, no, not the singer. <laughs> He's a real man. He sings songs. He's I like Kiss from a Rose. And I think he has other songs as well. Yeah, I can't think of any other songs. <laughs> I know he's done like a cover of like This is a Man's World, but that's all I can think of and him being married to Heidi Klum at some point. Oh, yeah, he was married to Heidi Klum. Did he also do a cover of uh, Fly Like an Eagle? That sounds about right. That sounds up his yeah. alley. I think he did that for the sound uh, for the soundtrack of Space Jam. That's that really. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I didn't even know Fire and Eagle was on Space Jam. It is, yeah. I t- I had that CD. I was that kid. Yeah, he did do a cover of it because I remember it's a Steve Miller band song. Who? D- that's a Steve. Okay. Into the future. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Where were y'all's first like? few cds that you owned oh yeah no I, I talked about this recently the first one i ever got like i owned was because my older sister gave it to me and it was the graduation song it was just a single the orange cd <laughs> uh, vitamin so, C. Just, so as we go on <laughs> we remember i don't know if that's the lyrics but you get it uh all the, all times, the times we had to had together I don't know. Uh, and as our lives change, sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was. Da, no, I, I don't da, I definitely da, did not da, play da, it on da, repeat, da. but that was like the first one gifted to me. The first one I think I started to buy was uh, the 
it was probably like the Oasis CD. I think it was. I didn't really get CDs for a while. Like I just didn't care. The one with Wonderwall. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. Could you name another album by Oasis? <laughs> Oh, I said that Oasis CD. That is the I, one that everyone... Probably could. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Shock of the Lightning up. was one that they had. Maybe Tomorrow. Sorry, I remember they had... Um, it, it's The problem is, I think all the songs I know are off the same album, which I believe is... Is it What's the Story, Morning Glory? That's their mm. first album, I believe, yeah. Yeah, that's got Wonderwall. And it also has Don't Look Back in Anger and Champagne Supernova. And those are all the songs I could name by Oasis. So Does that one have Live Forever? Okay. Uh, let me see. I have an idea. Yes. It does not. Uh, based on what I know about both of you, I'd really love to find a band that you both think you love and know a lot about. And I'd really love to throw <laughs> some trivia your way for, okay. for it. Okay. You want us, yeah. to, you want us to, like... I want. I <laughs> want to battle. I want you to battle. I want to okay. see who. Yeah. So who, this well, is a new segment called "Who Knows the Band." Well, my da, favorite band da, is obvious da, the Tolkien da. Players. Uh, it, it's who? The Tolkien Players, and that's who plays the uh, the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, it's the only <laughs> album I, I ever bought. So I hope you're ready, Kyle. Also, were you were you singing on your theme song? I was yeah, for I was the, singing uh, our theme song for the segment. There's too many homo. No, 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 Kai, Kai, the the theme song for this segment. Go ahead, Kai. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let, like, okay, just think of your top three. Get them in your head, real quick. I know mine already. You know your top three. Kyle, you got yeah. your top three? Sure. Let's go. I'm just it. be really blown away if there's a crossover. Okay. All right. Okay. Jim, what are your top three? Okay, this is not indicative of all the music that I love, but this is the top three three bands I have. Yeah. It's the Beatles, the Who, and Pink Floyd. Okay. Uh again, not indicative, but Steely Dan, Foo Fighters, and Soundgarden. Wow. Oh. I love Steely Dan. Unfortunately, I would never be able to do a trivia off about Steely Dan. Okay, could either one of you do a trivia off of either one of the others? The Beatles, I think he would still beat me, but I I, I know a decent amount. Hmm. Yeah, you're because we're talking about the Beatles are my favorite band. If, if like Steely Dan, yeah, I love Steely Dan. They're fine. I'm sure you could beat me at a Steely Dan off. I'm just gonna play music that we don't have the the rights to do. With. <laughs> so we're just gonna have 15 think... minutes of silence and then be, oh, it's this song. <laughs> and then I'm just like, uh, I know it's off of Aja. <laughs> I should have just quizzed you on Oasis information. <laughs> oh. A band I don't like that much. <laughs> yeah, no, does that not work for you? Uh, I, I honestly was I had I had a feeling Jim you were gonna go somewhere in there I honestly thought you might have said the Rolling Stones. Um, I don't like the Rolling Stones. You don't like the Rolling Stones? No, I think oh. they're I think they're they're not overrated because they had their they had their day. But like, I don't know why people continue to listen to the Rolling Stones. I think they're too of their time. I agree. I, a lot of their stuff is just way too similar. Like at least with mm-hmm. the Beatles. Um, when people say that they're overrated, I, I kind of just go like they they have a lot of different eras and sounds that at least to this day are still used in a lot of different forms of music. So when people say I don't like the Beatles, 
they're either a just rebelling against how everyone likes the Beatles or B they really only know the early stuff. They're like, Oh, I want to hold your hand. She loves you. <laughs> Crap. It's like, well, they actually uh, revolutionized pop music uh, for uh, four mm. years. So they had a lot going I, on for them. I, I don't hate the Beatles, but I, I specifically at this point, I think I had an unhealthy relationship with loving the Beatles because it was very false uh like i i like the beatles so much because i w- wanted to show other people that i also liked you know like it started as performing oh, yeah. because i was like oh i also like the thing that other people like then i was like oh i actually really do like this and then there was just all of a sudden just like uh i named my cat partially after the beatles and then now i'm just like yeah they exist there's some good songs but i definitely don't like i don't have the energy for like hating them or um i think i've just like realized that I don't know. There's got to be things that you've gotten like super hyped about that you kind of just like, you're like, eh, maybe that wasn't the cool, coolest thing ever. What do you have the energy in terms of hating fans and artists? Which, like, do you have oh. energy for that? I don't think I have an energy to hate much at all right now at this, like at this time in my life. I just don't really hate <laughs> much. Yeah, I don't think I hate either. Do you have one, Kyle? No, but it made me think of like a different uh, question that I like asking people, which is like, mm. what is a band that you'd be willing to give up their best or most commercially successful album if it meant that they didn't have to put out anything else? Oh, you'd give it up if they if that meant they'd stop. So, making like music. for example, for me, for a long time, it was the Killers because I did not understand mm. the 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 passion for that band. Um, so, like for me, giving up a uh, Hot Fuzz or whatever their first album is is like okay, I can let it you know keep it or leave it but yeah. now for me and it feels like a kind of cliche answer but uh, imagine dragons as much as i like a lot of stuff off of their first album uh mm-hmm. i think everything else is just kind of garbage oh i think that imagine dragons are the current um nickelback like i think i they were really huge when they first came out now we're seeing the backlash of like oh they're not that good which they aren't like they're a fine band. They're it much like Nickelback. They got very popular off of pretty okay music, uh, and then everyone was like, "I don't care." And then I think in like five more years, people will be like, "Yeah, they're fine." Like it'll even out to where they actually are, where they deserve to be. I agreed for that for the most part, but the the issue that I see is that like a lot of bands nowadays are also trying to copy that sound. So like. Um, mm. I definitely like a lot more of like alternative and like harder rock stuff. So like back in, you know, like the early 2000s stuff, like Papa Roach, like A Day to Remember, all those things. And like their, their more recent stuff has now become more of that bomb- bombastic, like uh, super bassy, super like uh, just loud and pretty simplistic music that Imagine Dragons is still putting out right now. And like, I think that's what makes me so sad is like, all these bands I like are now following that formula because that's what's successful at this moment. Mm, I see. Okay. Whereas I can't really think about like Nickelback. I can't think of like a band that like completely took their sound to try to be successful. Yeah. It's kind of, I, so I did, I've, I guess I still have been doing this. I've been doing this thing where I've been listening to the thousand and one albums to listen to before you die. And also the Rolling Stones 500. Um, <clears throat> and I've decided, I decided to listen to them in order of when they came out. And one of the mm-hmm. interesting things is what happens a lot is 
someone puts out an album that sounds so completely different than anything that's ever come before it and then literally the next like six months is just that album over and over again it happened i I think the big one that i noticed and i totally see why now is um sergeant pepper i i can totally see why everyone considers it the greatest album ever now Mm -hmm. um because when that came out for two years everyone made that album everyone was like i want to i want to make a big bombastic super cool album that has all these things i've just been making garage band music i we can do this and then like you got a bunch of big albums uh off the top of my head i remember odessa by the bgs came out it sounds exactly like sergeant pepper you can hear the influence because of that Hmm. so it happens it always happens every Every couple of years, something comes out, and then everyone's like, I, that's our sound. That's what we're going to do, whether it's good or not. That's what's happening right now in pop for, like, a lot of it, at least in the 2010s, has been, like, taking back this idea of the, the 80s uh, 80s wave, where, like, so many bands are going back on an 80s synthesizer um, trend. And, um, you know, like Carly Rae Jensen did it. Um, Paramore did it, as well as Haley Williams um like a, a few other bands i can't think off the top of my head but like that is now like oh churches churches is the same thing where like they use that sound um that was so in, in so used in the 80s um and it just it, it's interesting because I, I feel like now we're getting to the point where now we're not we're, we're pushing ahead in some areas but we're kind of also going back and reusing ideas from the past in uh in a current light and you know, eventually I feel like we're going to get to that point where the sounds that we heard from the 90s are going to be coming back into rotation oh, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, I actually really liked that Paramore album. That was, I think, the first Paramore album I actually liked where they started using the uh, like the 80s synths and all that. That I was my really favorite like album. much of their music. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, You're talking about the one with Hard Times on it? After Laughter, yeah. Uh, that was that was my favorite album of that year because uh, i also i'm what i also love not just the fact that like it's gleaned in that 80s sound but it's also like talking about hard topics uh like depression and anxiety and like suicidal thoughts in such a such a bum like a fun and bombastic way um, <laughs> so, you know yeah it, it was it was super interesting to just like fall into those songs and like hear what Haley had to say about what's been going on with her especially since i didn't know this because of uh how old i was i didn't know she was like 14 when they got famous they were she was like 16 when they were when they were writing their biggest hits that's crazy yeah and it's because she's kind of around the same age as me i think she might be like a year or two older than me actually it's uh wild these days yeah yeah i i had no idea i thought that i thought she was this girl that was just infinitely older than me but she's in fact oh she's four years older than me so when she was putting out her big stuff at like 16 i was 12 and i was like wow what an adult yeah. How old are you, Jim? to a 12 year old i'm uh 29 well it's a little bit of that like the babysitter is like must be like an adult like the like the biggest what are they 40 you know like <laughs> It's a little bit yeah. kind of like that, yeah. And the John Mulaney joke of yeah. uh, oh, it's a yeah. horse, a horse uh, amongst dogs. Yes, yes. that's where my mind went to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. We were we were like dogs about horses. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were running wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I. Uh, I. Uh, I. I. Ooh. I used to babysit, which I feel like looking back, I'm like, why did they let me watch those children? Because uh, I was like 13, you know, and like m- fucking monsters running around, and I did not control them. They were just chaos. Um, I had a kid fling a hot like a. Hot Wheels car just into my forehead off a ramp, just like <laughs> huzz the thing as hard as they could and just hit me right between the fucking eyes. Um, I okay, I did that one time in a pool, and it smacked a kid in the forehead like that, like a not like a five year old I think, and I might have been like twelve, and his head started bleeding so much like i thought no. that kid was gonna die that day i was like, I just murdered <laughs> it, it was so much blood i thought i killed a kid and they like had to take him into a room and like stitch his head back together i was like i've murdered someone this is the worst day of my entire life He's, <laughs> he was fine i don't even think he needed stitches i think they super glued his head back together but like i i i thought i murdered someone and i was just like i will live my life on the straight and narrow as this 12 year old (laughs) i love how you think super glue is like the the go-to uh well i'm not a real doctor but (laughs) you should be good i don't know it's still very red uh it's Uh, fine yeah fun fact kai that's what super glue was invented for are you fucking with me yeah, for it was for like minor injuries, uh, and they were just like, "Oh, just super glue your finger back together." <laughs> That's why they invented it, and then they were like, "Oh, you can actually stick a lot of things together with this." Welcome to blowing Kai's mind. <laughs> As someone who tried to, I think I was like fixing my phone case or something like that, uh, and got super glue all over my fingers. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for about three hours, I was trying to get my my fingertips. Like to unstick from each other. Not fun. Did you have that panic of like this is just what my fingers are going to be like from now on? Yep. Like I'm going to have to have a claw for a hand everywhere I go. <laughs> I just have to explain it to everybody. Your, what happened to your hand? Uh, super glue. And then someone's like, "Did you try to like sweat it off?" And you're like, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> I've been hanging out in a freezer for months. <laughs> <laughs> and then just that realization, the, the sweat goes down to your hand and the adhesive just breaks and you're like, you're a genius. Oh my God. What? It, you've, you've saved my life. <laughs> I owe you. Nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim, what about you? What was your like childhood CDs that you owned? I, um, by the time I was listening to music, LimeWire was a thing. So mm-hmm. I didn't have too many CDs. So I can actually name all of the CDs that I have ever owned. Oh, wow. It's less than like, what, 20? Keep keep going down. Uh, it's less than 10? Keep going down. Five? It's less than five? It's less than five. It's three. I have had three albums in my lifetime. Wow. Well, I actually I have records that I got as an as an adult, but like yes, uh, but I only bought three CDs. Uh, one was Aaron Carter's. Uh, I think it was called Aaron's Party. 
Uh, yep. Uh, bring come in... get it. Yeah, come get it. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, one was in sync. The one where they were all puppets on no it. Strings on it. Uh, yep. I, yeah, no yeah, strings yeah, attached. Yeah. Yep. Thank That's you. I I was gonna say I had something to do with strings. Uh, and then the third one was <laughs> Macklemore's heist. <laughs> wow. Because you know what? It's okay to be gay. And he let us know. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I heard that song. Thank you, Macklemore. And even, even at the time when I was, I guess I would consider myself a Mac. I, I, I'll be honest. I was a Macklemore fan until I listened to the album. I was like, I think Macklemore sucks. Uh, that song fucking blows. That song sucks so. It's so yes. preachy in exactly the wrong way. Uh, it's I like. Know. The very first lines. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought that I was gay because I but kept it's a, my room straight. Yeah, but don't Wait. worry. It's fine. You're safe. You just... You yeah. been. You like girls since before pre-K. It's like, oh my God. Jim, you're going to love this as an acapella fan. Uh, so um, <laughs> back in my college days, I, was, uh, I worked with an acapella group uh, called Wicked Pitch at UMass Amherst. And one of the things that we did, which is still probably my claim to fame as an as a writer, uh, we did a mashup of "Waiting on the World to Change" and "Same Love," oh, uh, no. which was oh my God. it was it was killer. But uh, like, I hope you did the whole song of "Same Love," which is like seven minutes long. No, <laughs> no, we we did like the first first verse, and then we did like the middle of way on the world to change and then like the last verse and tied it all together um mm-hmm. but we uh we were able to perform at a pretty crazy um uh, event because um you 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 both know the westboro Baptist church right oh yeah yeah uh, yeah okay so they i've actually had two encounters with the westboro Baptist church one when i was in high school because we did a production of the Laramie Project at our our uh, school, yep. and of course, Westboro mm-hmm. Baptist Church doesn't have any else they have to do other than go to every high school that does that. Um, <laughs> but then at UMass, we had the first openly gay Division One player um, on our bas- at our UMass basketball team, uh, and Westboro Baptist Church brought like five people to protest that, um, and we brought like a thousand. And uh, our our uh, our uh, acapella group performed um, that same love way on the world to change, uh, which was super cool. Just to say, fuck you to Westboro Baptist Church. I'm okay with that song being used uh, to say fuck you to the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you've never run into them, they also do like parody songs of like very popular songs on the radio and just try to turn it into like uh you know hate speech oh awesome. yeah i i remember them singing instead of um oh it was like sing sing a song that song <laughs> they sing they sang it with god hates the f word and i was just like what are we doing you guys this is so mm. terrible <laughs> what uh, what was the first one you said with the Westboro Baptist Church? Uh, you uh, did a production of uh, what? Laramie Project. What is it? What is that? What 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 happened here? So Laramie Project. If I don't remember the the full thing, but I from what I remember, it's there was uh, an LGBT youth in Laramie, Wyoming, 
who Matthew, was uh, Matthew Shepard. Yep, who was basically beaten to death. Um, and uh, it's a play around his life and like the after effects of that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. I I'd, I'd never heard of the Laramie. Pro- I think I'd like might have heard it like offhand, but that this is my first time really hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, it does. It's not does not end well, unfortunately, um, for Matthew Shepard. Because uh, yeah, so I, I I'm appreciative that it exists. Um, I think having it's so weird. Um, Cause like, okay, sorry. I'm going back here. I just, I'm thinking back to being at the performance and it's just like applause. And I'm like, what are, we're applauding. This is a horror. This is so sad. What are we, you know, but like we're applauding people telling a really sad, true and important story. Um, so, but damn. Whew. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking at it. Given the era, it looks like that's something that the world needed at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got Will and Grace. I, I, I think that was the thing we needed. <laughs> I'm trying to think. When did it come out? Is that around the time that that production was the done? The play came out in 2000. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's pretty close with Will and Grace. I'm joking, but after not joking, I feel like that's also like a stepping stone to people learning not to be shitty towards gay people. Uh, but that production, I think, probably to also help people just being like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. We should definitely tell our friends to stop her doing that stuff that's not nice but yeah it's like kind of the first step and like you look you might look back at it and be like oh oh oh, oh. but like because you're like oh this is kind of cringy like because of everything that would have came after it like i watched um guess who's coming to dinner which was a huge movie when it came to uh uh, uh the uh um i'm blanking on the word the civil rights this, movement, uh, it because it's about a uh, an interracial couple, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a white girl brings her fiance, who's a black man, home to her parents, and then it's the parents like having a philosophical, like, uh, what are we gonna do? This is super against everything that goes on in society. Uh, and the interesting thing is that they're liberal parents. They're they are like, oh yeah, we love, we're all up into the civil rights union uh, movement until it happens to them, and they're like, I don't know what to do. Uh, it's one of those kinds of movies. Yeah, it's like but the behind Looking the curtains back, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, where you're just like, let's 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 take a very slice of life sneak. Let's take a sneak peek into like how that would go. Yeah, looking back at that movie. It's a it's very outdated because it's from 1967. Like yeah. it's super weird to watch a lot of the thi- a lot of a lot of people are depicted very stereotypically. Oh, I bet. Uh, it's a lot of the conversation you'd be like, well, we would not have that the same way now. But it was a conversation that needed to happen in 1967, and it was a and that was a way to do it. You know. Um, um I just thought of something. I'm ready. Are either of you familiar with All Gas No Breaks or as he's now known Channel 5? No, what's that? No. Oh, it's a fantastic YouTube channel where it's this guy and he no goes breaks. to um usually uh he goes to like odd uh uh like hit, uh fringe type events uh and they're usually like protests uh of mm-hmm. some kind. And then he what he does is he kind of does the thing where he puts the microphone in their face and just is like, what do you believe in? And then he lets them just keep talking and talking and talking until eventually 
they just run out and they're just kind of saying nothing. Mm-hmm. And he lets, and he just kind of, and he plays dumb and he's just like, like he went to like a QAnon event and he was like, so uh, what's Q? And then they like say what they think Q is. And he's like, huh? Yeah. Uh, where does this information come from? And he just asks these really simple questions and it just makes everyone look stupid. Yeah. I mean, letting people unfold themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think that that would be a modern day idea on this because it's him doing sort of comedy on a controversial subject making a big statement because he was at all the big uh he was at the george floyd uh riots and everything Mm -hmm. and he did a lot of stuff on that that was very very good because he's uh, because he's putting out the right message where he's he gives the right people the right platform and he also gives the wrong people uh the very funny wrong platform where it's he's like this is what you're here you're protesting for some reason the protest what's going on with this i think ultimately so, sorry go ahead that exposure i'm sorry no go ahead so uh, well no you go first because i have a different question kind of similar no i mean i just think that exposing people like that is good um like when you expose like such the like the the like when people just casually say like such either like harmful or like nonsensical that i, I love john oliver i love fucking the daily show i love watching people just say fucking bad shit stuff it's great good content but also at a certain level it all hits us and we're like that's fucking sad that's sad that somebody literally just lives their life that's their life is those thoughts just <laughs> roaming around buying starbucks and going home like that's <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a life there was one woman who was on it was during the QAnon uh event uh and she was like i've lost my family they all don't listen yeah. like, talk to me anymore and you're just kind of watching. You're like, she she says a lot of crazy shit when she's doing this too, because she's just throwing out conspiracy theories and just being like, the the Earth is flat, and uh, all the uh, there's a the big ice wall down in Antarctica, everything, and then she throws in those things. You're just like, okay, you did it to yourself, but this is very very sad to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just a very. It's kind of like it's just a lonely person who found a group, mm-hmm. and you're like. Uh, I feel bad. Yeah. Actually, Kai and I know someone. You don't. You don't know that about this, but cool. Oh, I like this. Let's play this game. Let's. Who is this person? <laughs> uh, we can. We can uh, probably edit Will the name Smith. out afterwards. But uh, Kid Rock. Um, yeah. I'll, she, okay. Ha- uh, celebrity. Hang on. I will. I will throw up. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say Will Smith again. Uh, it's uh, uh, Kid Rock. Perfect. So yes. Uh so her sister uh actually <laughs> has now kind of gone on that QAnon like mentality. Mm-hmm. Um Kid Rock was telling me about how um uh, as she moved back to Colorado that yeah, uh her sister has gone completely on like the deep end when it comes to these conspiracy theories to the point where she won't take the vaccine. She won't like she believes like that uh, President Trump is still the president and everything like that. And it's and it's so crazy because, you know, talking to like I've met her her sister before, like lovely person seemed like really, really 
like never seemed like a person like that right and like also knowing kid rock she's very much on the progressive side really fights for a lot of things and to see like someone that she knows and deeply cares about you, yeah. you, she can't even like rationalize with this person it's like a very sad thing to see yeah no i mean mm-hmm. uh but first off, Kid Rock, I'm so sorry you're going through this. That's fucking terrible. Um, but also, I'm uh, I'm from an environment that I can see this being a regular thing. I, I, like I feel like we're off not uh, we're we're often like one or two degrees uh, from some people who are very susceptible to that. Um, and I mean, hell, I've been I, I grew up in an environment that's very like there's a reason why I almost got sucked into two pyramid schemes in my my life as an adult is because uh, it's very nice to belong and it's very easy um, to just get hyped with people when other people this big group of people is hyped. I'm hyped. Um, it feels it's good. I, it's to be honest, it's why I do improv. It's just like mm. I fell into the I'm right so- crowd. I'm so you glad know? you got into this and not QAnon. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Were those the two things you were thinking about? <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. QAnon, improv, one and the same. Heads, uh, heads QAnon, tails, improv. Yeah, it's just it, it, six degrees of uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> now I want to hear about these pyramid schemes. Hey, folks, it's Kai Bobby here, the other host. We'll be back to talk about my pyramid scheme endeavors right after this commercial break. Hello everyone, this is Robert with the Watching It Podcast. We're a show that covers TV and movies. Join me and my co-host Donnell each week to talk about shows like Loki, The Lower Decks, Snowpiercer, Palm Springs, and Collateral. You can find us at watchingitpod.com or anywhere you get your podcast. Hey everyone, it's the other host here with some great news. We have ourselves our first Captain's Log Patreon tier member. Thank you so much, Crimson, for joining us. Uh, For those of you who do not know, Rotten Treasure does have a Patreon where you can gain access to uh, voting power in upcoming franchises, early release episodes, extra bonus recap episodes, and that's not all. You can also, with the Captain's Log tier, uh, you can promote a business, an organization, uh, something you're proud of yourself. Uh, You can just promote pretty much anything within reason, maybe not a cult. We'll, st- we'll start with not, yeah, no, no cults, please. Uh, but Crimson would like to give a special shout out this week to Huge Theater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. There is a wonderful improv theater where you can go to see shows every single night of the week except for Tuesdays. Within the shout out, there's a special shout out to Monday nights, show X, 8 p.m. Folks, you can get in to a show at 8 o'clock, get your laugh on, get home by 9.30, and go to bed like a responsible adult. Crimson and I did it. We had a blast. We think it was great. If you don't think so, don't come crying back to us. You're wrong. Let's get back to the show. Thanks, Crimson. Heads, uh, heads QAnon, tails, improv. Yeah, it's just it, it, six degrees of uh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> now I want to hear about these pyramid schemes. Uh, well, the, uh, one of which was just like selling... Um, uh, just like hair products, just like bo- like body, like massage shit, like just literally just like stuff to put on in the shower, stuff to put on after the shower, stuff to think when you're like just thinking about showers, like put that on your body then. Um, I bought I bought one of those, like a, a, a pyramid scheme, like uh, it was a pyramid scheme, like skincare thing. 
it was the worst product I've ever bought in my life. And I, I was just like, I got 40 bucks. I'll, I'll spend it mm-hmm. on it, whatever. It smelled like fish, like dead, rotting fish. And it didn't do shit to my skin. It was horrible. Mm, I'm sorry. I sold that to you. Yeah, you did. Were you in the depth <laughs> of mall in 2013? Uh, yeah, I was uh, 16 years old. against my first job. 16 in 2013. <laughs> Wait, you said 13? 2013? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think I did my math way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was going to say, I was 21, so. Wait, hold on. 2013 uh, was me being, hold on a second, I can't do my math. That's just. Uh, eight years ago, Kai. I, I was going to say, oh, well, no, I just eight. forgot that I was, I thought I was 35 for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I had to do math and I got, I got derailed. What was I going to say? I can't all be downhill from here. I just turned 30. Please don't tell me this is my future. Oh, come on now. What, forgetting everything and just like having your knees hurt? Yeah, that's your future. You're welcome. Well, I was going to say back, but sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, huh, huh. I am a walking carpal tunnel. I'm just carpal tunnel and then legs and arms. That's what <laughs> that and like a head. That's me just like roaming around. Uh, it's great. It's great. Do you know that what looked like walking carpal tunnel? Hmm. All the dwarves in these movies? Yes, there it is. Ba, 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 wow. The movie. Hold on. Wait, wow. Wait. Way to bring it. A, way to bring it around <laughs> town. We are back to the movie. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a disclaimer that like, this is the time in which we didn't talk about the movie. <laughs> we're like, you know, if we just want to skip ahead back to more content about the 1977 classic The Hobbit uh and we're back uh yeah hit us with it what do you what do you want to talk about about this movie about this oh, God. maybe the fact that none of them were sexy and i didn't want to fuck any of them <laughs> <laughs> that bothered me <laughs> well, no, the thing i wrote was like man the, the seven dwarfs grew up yeah into yeah. into double their numbers <laughs> yeah yeah no it's the thing that bothered me the most about this movie was the ending um because okay. like there's no character development whatsoever in this movie. Like, for most of it, it's just the dwarves shitting on Bilbo being like, okay, you gotta do this and you gotta do that. And then all of a sudden, uh, Thornrill, is that his name? Uh, the one who dies at the end? Thorin, Thorin. yeah. He, he just, like, comes over and being like, man, I wish we had a better friendship and, like, this is what it truly meant to me and, like, I wish I could have, like, lived your life the way that you're doing it right now. And it's like, where the hell was any of this, like, throughout the movie? Why, yeah. why, why after, like, we just had a potential war that just stopped because they were like, oh, goblins. And it's like, oh, yeah, buddy, you're going to help me out, right? And then, like, and then they just have this battle. And then all of a sudden, just, like, super heartfelt of, like, yeah, to be, hopefully one day I can live without these fears of, like, wealth and hopefully everyone can live like you there was a th- all right time for me to be a little bit honest here oh, no. uh, i fell asleep watching the movie uh yeah so i didn't uh I, and i didn't get a chance to watch it since i think this is the first time that i i didn't watch the whole movie before the par- uh podcast started but i'd seen the movie before so i was like ah, i got it i don't remember anything um it's so. I, I fell asleep when the spiders attacked, and then I woke up and the, <laughs> and Smog was dead. Oh no! That's how, that's how much I missed. 
Well, first off, you said smog a little closer to how they say it in this movie. Because in the other movies, they're like, smog. <laughs> it's a smog. But this one, they were going to just like, yeah, it's smog. You know, it's that's how you would think that word would be. Yeah. The spider was also one of my favorite parts. Because, like, they do the thing in terms of killing off a character that you saw throughout, like, cartoons of that age. Where it's like, they die and they just, like, spin out of existence. Oh my god, wait, oh, no, yeah. yeah, 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 they did do that. Uh, I, I think, so something I do remember was bef- when he, when Bilbo falls into the pit with Gollum, he hilariously, yes. like, <laughs> spins at such a strange <coughs> angle down this giant hole, like he dove down it, despite the fact they kind of knocked him backward a little bit. He was like, no! Whoa. And then also, he, he shot 50 first. feet back. Yeah, he, first. he should not have survived that. I mean, he he should he should have not survived that, or he shouldn't have survived that. Is basically the theme of Lord of the Rings. So that's like every fucking character is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no way that no. Mm-mm. Oh, what's that? Oh, fell down something. Gonna live. Okay, cool. <laughs> so the other favorite part of that thing is that like you see you see uh, Gollum, and then you see uh, Bilbo like after he fell right, and like I had to like move it back a couple of times because I wasn't sure if he was like still following as like he fell into the water but like he's saying the the bacon and eggs thing right so all the time mm-hmm. I'm just picturing him as he's falling just like covering himself just saying bacon and eggs bacon and eggs bacon and eggs and then he just <laughs> falls into the water he oh fuck I just had something oh is it gone forever I I think no 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 it's not my favorite thing about that sequence was the uh was like the little space they left in for I'm gonna say a commercial break, because he falls down the hole. They're like no, and then it fades to black, and then it fades back in, and it's the exact same scene. It's they, I think it was like uh, Biffer or whatever. I'm just gonna say Biffer. Uh, it comment. It fades to black on him going no, and then it comes back, and it's Biffer still going no. Like, we just saw this a second ago. What is going on? Were there is there a time period specifically where movies were made to have like kind of like in preparation for commercial breaks? That's what I was gonna say because like I remember like this made me very nostalgic for all the claymation Christmas movies, mm-hmm. and there's because there's definitely that in every one of them where like yeah that makes sense though because you like this could be on TV yeah yeah well the this is made by Rankin Bass who did the uh, who did those Christmas movies uh, really? Christmas movies. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah, there's there's a big reason why you uh nailed it. Why you thought that? Uh, yeah, Rankin Bass, The Hobbit. Yeah, it was a television special. Oh, so yeah, there was a uh, there. Oh my god. Uh, j- <laughs> there was room for commercial breaks. That is why that happened. That's my bad. That was built into the movie on purpose. Uh, bum, bum, however, bum. are you too aware that this was animated by Topcraft? uh the topcraft well yeah wait are you talking about the, the superhero topcraft top they animated like the macaroni and cheese topcraft yes wait, wait wait are you talking about my uh my old boyfriend Tom i called topcraft? him i called him to- i called him a topcraft uh <laughs> <laughs> it's very crafty yeah 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 uh-huh. yeah uh-huh uh-huh yeah. do we have any more uh you uh, you mean the one uh, like the best the best models on Minecraft Topcraft? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you mean uh, my unnecessarily aggressive handle on this embroidery blog I'm on? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, that top craft. Okay, cool. That top craft. Okay, so Topcraft was famous for making Nausicaa at the Valley of the Wind, which is the uh, movie that started uh, Studio Ghibli. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. It's it's my favorite combination of words that you said on this podcast. And it's just like, I didn't think you were saying real words the first time you said it. Studio Ghibli is just, it just it's, it's a what a mouth exercise. Studio Ghibli, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> Blah, blah, blah. Kai, they've been around since the 1980s. They are a real, Jim, they are a real studio. I, I, I know, I know they're real. It's just Studio Ghibli is just a fun mouth exercise. Um, studio I Ghibli. Studio, studio Ghibli. <laughs> This is this is Kai's conspiracy theory. <laughs> I like I like the idea of Kai having a conspiracy theory though that it's just Studio Ghibli isn't real. <laughs> Jim, I don't think half the things you tell me on this uh, this podcast are real. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I could be making this shit up all the time, and I I do a lot. Uh, yeah. Not usually on the podcast, but oh, you mean I, you you lie a lot <laughs> on the podcast? Yeah, I'm a liar. <laughs> That's just what I am. I just you know, love giving like false liar. information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, no. Jim is the basically John Mulaney, like this is like understudy. So, uh, Jim, can you say that uh, like Jim, uh, like oh. John Mulaney? Oh, you mean, um, you know, like a liar. <laughs> is that really how he says it? I thought he extended a little bit more. You know, like a liar. No, no, no. It's because he he's uh, he says. Uh, were you at my party on Monday? Or were you at the party on the weekend? And I, was, and I said, no, you know, like a liar. That was good. That was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, I, fun fact about me, when I was like 20, I memorized that bit because I wanted to like, I wanted to get down um, comedic timing. So I would, I would listen to it and I would repeat it and I would say it with him so that I could I could get down uh, the timing correctly. No, I memorized it a different way because I had a roommate who like had just gone through a breakup. So he was just like consoling, consoling himself with just straight up uh, Santa economy. So there was like, like weeks where we were just watching new in town as well as there was like a Mike McVigliss special that like just came out too. Um, uh-huh. What was the other one? Uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Along or whatever it's called. Doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog. Blog. Something like that. Doctor Horrible Sing Along blog. Something. Which like was that. so bad because like my friends kept telling me to watch that, and then I watched it with them, and they sang everything while I was watching it for the first time. And it's like oh. you guys are the reasons why I don't like this. Oh, I I saw Hamilton on in Philly, and. I'm very lucky, but during the first song where they say Alexander Hamilton for the first time, the woman behind me went like at the like sang with it. It was like Alexander Hamilton. And then luckily her husband, <laughs> he was so rude, but I'm so grateful for him. He turned to him and went, no one wants to hear you sing. <laughs> oh, no. There's polite ways to put that, but... Um... <laughs> there definitely is, but she did not sing a lick during the rest of the show, and I was so happy she didn't. I'm, I am so happy for that miserable man to do that to his wife. But <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, wait. So, wait, wait. I get it. It's funny because you hate women. <laughs> 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, for anyone listening to this episode, for the first, uh, never having listened to any of our other episodes, we have a running bit about how Jim hates women. Um, I just want to clarify that Jim doesn't actually hate women, although this example does <laughs> frame it that way a little bit. If you, yeah, you can just take things I say and morph it into <laughs> me not liking women. Yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> and you can literally just take that quote out of context, edit out everything I say, and it just says, me not liking women, and then I sound like... I sound like a little caveman child who just learned misogyny for the first time. Uh, or, uh, oh, I, I was this close to a callback. Um, I used the word on for what instead? Yes. Oh, daddy issues. Right, right. me on daddy issues. <laughs> me on daddy issues? Yeah, okay. That's it. That was it. That's the callback. You got it. I like callbacks work, especially when you explain that you're about to say a callback. <laughs> oh, hold up, guys. What's that callback? I'm going to do that on improv. Like when hold I'm on, doing a show. Hold up. What's that callback I really want to make right now? What, what was the first scene about? The, the, the show is just literally you setting up the callback. Like it's 30 yeah. minutes of the callback <laughs> and then like the last two minutes or that. After every scene, I just go, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. All right. That's actually. <laughs> Let's see where that goes. That's a pretty funny idea for a show. It's just called callback. And it's just like the entire show is you're about like you just keep setting up callbacks. But you're like you never callback. Yeah. You make as many scenes that you want to see the ending to as possible within the span of twenty minutes. Uh and they're all one minute scenes. You know who I see doing this show? Jill Bernard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for anybody so, not listening, and also Kyle, that is a currently my improv teacher and also a very well-known improviser out here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, what were you going to say, Jim? <laughs> you, did you freeze? Or are you just laughing? What? I'm so sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh, well, great. Here we go. Yeah, that's a. this is a bit for literally just comedians and no one else. Because I'm sure... Any normal person out there would watch that show and just be like, yeah, that was pretty funny. Nothing would never think about the uh, concept of callbacks where then a comedian would be like, I can't believe how amazing it was. They didn't do any callbacks when they said they're going to do callbacks. It was incredible. (laughs) One of the one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Did you see when they talked about the ham the second time? That was fucking crazy. (laughs) It's the ham from earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Is that your idea is that your idea of a callback? Like of like a good scene. Someone talking about ham twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Well, earlier they meant it in like stop being such a ham, and then the next time they brought it up, it was they were making a sandwich for work. But I got it. It was like a subtle callback. It was just for me. Oh, oh, you think that the callback like people are gonna like try and like shoehorn in callbacks they'll be like they talked about a ham and then later on (laughs) they talked about a different kind of ham so i think that was the callback oh god i like the idea of um doing a show there's a whiteboard behind a curtain someone's writing all of the the things that deserve a callback um and like they sum it up in like one word and then they remove the curtain and for the last 10 minutes they have to try to do their best to remember what the fuck all these words mean and do a call back to each one of the things that are on the scene. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. I'm, I'm creating a show. I'm in the mood. Uh, Kyle, do you, 
do you do you watch improv? Uh, we made you come onto a podcast with two um, improv comedians, and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's great. No, I will I will say as someone who has listened to almost all of your podcasts, uh, it's been oh. super cool to like hear about the different types of improv. Like I I you know I know the whose lines in any ways I watch Smosh. You know, like I I know like bits and pieces, but like to hear about like. I don't remember who it was, but it was during the one of the Rocky um, podcasts where you you had two people on. They were talking about like wrestling improv, which was just like oh, yeah. a oh. super Joe cool Tessie idea. And Sam yeah. Joe Tessie and Sam Abrams, yeah. Never heard of before. And it's just like uh, on top of like finding this super entertaining, it's like it's super cool to just see like there's just a huge world of improv that I've never even heard about before. Mm-hmm. That's the that's kind of the thing I liked about I I, I love about uh, live comedy is again it goes back to there's just so many shows that one of them's bound to be an interesting idea and it just so happens because it's so many people a lot of them are really interesting ideas and you would never think about that like Joe's uh, uh, PCW which is the the wrestling show he does is super niche and really weird but it's so cool because of that. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I know, Kai, I've talked to you about, like, at some point, looking into doing improv. Uh, I mean, at this point, I just have the performance itch again. Like, I was listening to Spring Awakening, uh, which is definitely one of my favorite musicals. And I was just like, man, it'd be so cool to just, like, get back into some sort of performing theater, music, whatever. And, like... Mm-hmm. When's, when's the last time you performed? Uh, let's see. In terms of musical theater, was in college. Um, but mm-hmm. like, I I do open mics every now and again, but it's definitely not as much as I used to. I have a couple of friends who I have a jam spot with, but just with the pandemic and everything and schedules, we yeah. haven't been able to really meet up. I yeah. I I I miss it. I cannot wait to do a show. I I am like need to almost slow my roll because I'm like right now no longer on daddy issues and I miss them tremendously and I'm not doing shows because I'm in Minneapolis now but like I am so ready to be on fucking stage uh and do it because I miss that relationship um with just like the people like like listening to the audience and being like what are what are they enjoying and then following that I feel like I don't do I'm not a musician and I don't create shows but I feel like it's gotta be when like Sure, you have a set list, but at a certain point, you just start being like, ah, oh, no, no, no. Based on how this night's going, we need this song right now instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss that. I miss the active listening relationship that you get to have with an audience. Uh, about a month or so ago, uh, I was at a friend's wedding. And like uh, afterwards, we did a campfire. And uh, for like two straight hours, we were just singing. And I was like, man, this is like what I've been missing. Because like... You know, like with a lot of what I've done, you know, in the past in terms of like YouTube and stuff like that, it's always been like a, like a me doing something. But I'm realizing like as I go, as this pandemic has gone on, that like I have gotten too comfortable with myself, if that makes sense, where it's like, yeah, I could always like do videos by myself, but I don't find any, any like real joy in it. Because there's nothing to like bounce off of, um, mm-hmm. so like 
I'm slowly trying to get back into the YouTube scene. I'm slowly trying to get the like uh, music back. But it's like if I'm going to be doing this, I sure as hell want to have someone else to bounce off with because I find that stuff so much more interesting than me just being like saying the same thing over and over again in, in the same videos. Yeah, I hear you. What kind of uh, YouTube videos were you making? So I was doing uh, album reviews. So uh, okay, uh, I'll definitely tease it a little bit more later. But like uh, every single year, I try to listen to at least a hundred albums of that year. Um, Interesting. Right, right now, I'm about hundred and fifty, trying to make it to two hundred. Um, and I just do album reviews there. Do my top fifty at the end of the year. And something that I was doing before uh, that I'm looking to make into a podcast actually is um, working. I did this thing called Digging Through Discographies, which was um, each week taking an album from a band that I really, really like and just talking about all of their albums. Um, like the first one I did was Linkin Park because I find them super fascinating as a, as a test study of like how getting super big at the beginning can like ruin your career later on mm. um i find lincoln park as a super interesting uh, test study because like what like hyper theory was i think like 14 or 15 times platinum something like that mm -hmm. some crazy thing meteor was also super popular but then like once you get past minutes to midnight like that's when they start like going into a different uh artistic uh, view with uh, a thousand suns which like i can definitely say at the time i did not see what was so good about it and a lot of people did too uh but now looking back at it it's like this was a super cool idea that just wasn't um that didn't didn't hit all the right notes but then like after that they tried to like go back to their old sound to try to appease to their fans and like they did it with living things which was more like mainstream and then they did it with the hunting party which was more metal and then they went with um, their last album. Um, one More Light. Yeah, One More Light. And like that was the one where everyone was like, I, I don't get it. Like they went pop. They've 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 went too mainstream. And then Chester Bennington commits suicide, you know? And I like it's mm -hmm. not not saying that like all that is tied together, but there's probably something there where it's like his mental state like was also super positive when things were good with Lincoln Park. And now when everyone else is turning against him, the fans that he has grown, it's like if we all took a step back and understood like, hey, like these people are artists, they can make whatever they want, no matter what, you know, how you feel about it. Like, I think it's like just it, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I like when uh, I think it's very interesting when bands uh change their style because you can make the same album over and over again and plenty of bands do and it's just it just keeps getting it just keeps going downhill like that's kind of how it goes with some bands but then some bands are like for this album we're gonna do uh a completely I, the famous example is is um pinkerton they put out the first album they put out uh what is that the blue album yes Mm -hmm. Yeah, they put out the Blue Album. It was very popular. All their popular songs are on it. And then they put out Pinkerton, and it was like this masterpiece. But like because it was so different from Weezer, everyone was like, this sucks. And mm -hmm. then like 20 years later, everyone was like, oh, no, this was their best album. They actually created a master. It was It's incredible. 
Well, that's because in that time we grew up and we actually just had different tastes of what good meant. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's just I I like when bands completely switch it around and like and I mean like completely like uh, an example would be the Beach uh not the Beach Boys, the Bee Gees. Um when they first started, they were like a surf band. Like a bunch of they were a boy band, just a bunch of guys who were just like Hey, we like surfing and cars. And then over time, they became like, they did like Sgt. Pepper and they were this big rock rock band. And then they became a disco band. Hmm. And it, it's it's crazy how like off the wall they went. Fleetwood Mac, they were a blues band before becoming a pop band. Well, I mean, I, I, I was in a band for like 3.5 seconds. Um, and I was, I played bass. 3.5 I mean, like, seconds to Mars? Eh, that was, that's what it was. <laughs> I was in 3.5 seconds to Mars um and like we you just kind of do that you're like all right well this was fun music to play for a minute let's try to play this music now um i mean granted like we did green day and primus a little bit of a different vibe like you know like uh i guess still kind of relatively still maybe not too like estranged from one another but it's good uh it they would have been on the same bill at that time and you right 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 you wouldn't have blinked an eye right 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 that's totally fair no but i mean like it, it's not unreasonable for people like or it just remember that these people are just people at some point they're just people in a room just being like i don't know what do you guys want to do you know um but when you are just completely guided by a label or whatever to like keep pumping out the same shit that makes everybody buy stuff um uh, that's gonna be pretty gnarly as well i mean i i know there was a lot of criticism for um uh, bu- 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 the the ep- uh, the high hopes is on it. Um, oh oh, uh, Panic, Panic at the Disco. Disco. Yeah, you know that that album came out, and then a lot of Panic at the Disco fans were just beyond mad. Um, from what I've gathered, yeah, that's I get that one. Uh, but like the with Panic at the Disco at that point in time, it was literally just Brandon Urie. Everyone else was. Oh, that's gone. right. That's right. So. Yeah. That one is like, as a reviewer, I've I've like I've tried to walk that line right because like there are things that I just want to be like, yeah, this sucks. Like this wasn't a good listen, right? But also, I I need to understand that like this was someone's most likely passion, and if I was just to go out there and say like this sucks, like how does that help push the narrative along? How does that help the person get better? <laughs> You're on a you're on a uh, movie review podcast where we regularly just like I don't know this fucking thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Pitch Perfect too. It's the worst piece of garbage ever. Yeah, yeah, but I also would never put my I would never say that I'm a reviewer because no. I I would never say that I'm breaking down any of the movies in any sort of way. So like it's I don't feel like I'm uh, like personally I don't feel like I'm contributing to conversa- conversation. But like when you're actually reviewing albums. It is a conversation. Like, like yeah. I mean, the most famous reviewer out there right now is uh, Anthony Fantano, mm-hmm. and you could see a lot of times he he is very explicit in the ways he doesn't like albums, but you could always see he kind of struggles with the idea of like, this is a real person put out this album, and I'm just saying I hate it, and I'm angry, and I think it I, it. Usually when people are angry about music, though, or angry about anything, it's because they love that medium. And I think that I think kind of the artist might recognize that. 
Uh, hopefully they do. Mm. Um, and it's because they're like, this is so against how I listen to music that I'm angry. And it's, and it's cool to see so much passion towards something, even if it's passion in the wrong direction mm-hmm. or just passion in the wrong direction for that person. I mean, there's only a few bands who I can think of off the top of my head who have basically gotten the green light to be able to change their, their sound. Radiohead, like prime example mm-hmm. of that. I think they've been able to change over the years and like there might have been some pushback on some things like King of Limbs. I think a lot of people just didn't necessarily like that album, but going back to it, I think it's a pretty solid album myself. Um, I think Incubus also has that as well, where they were able to change from that yeah. like... Uh, what do you call it? the the turntable alt metal kind of sound to like more chill music and more just like regular rock and i think there are people who probably have said like was it like grenades probably isn't their favorite album but even sell so, like that has um animal lee it has a couple of, it has dig one of their bigger songs so it's mm-hmm. it's 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 a shame that there are a lot of bands who just don't get that opportunity to change sounds without people just like calling for their heads. Um, yeah. One prime example I can think of that is like Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, when, uh, was it Tiny Songs Vatican? Uh, no, it's like Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop. Uh, that's the one where it has like Lady Picture Show. It has uh, Big Bang Baby um turning uh, tripping on a hole in the paper heart it has this more uh psychedelic sound uh to like match with what scotland was able to do at that time because his he was doing so much drugs that he didn't have the the voice that he Shit. used to have um so like it, it like it's more jazzy it's more psychedelic and like a lot of people didn't like it and now like looking back there's a lot of people who are like yeah this was a masterpiece and we were just wrong to not be able to see it at that time mm-hmm. i had um uh, one of my favorite bands is the the Mountain Goats, and they put out about five years ago. They put out an album called Goths, and it was just uh, the writer uh, John Darnell, who is who is technically the Mountain Goats. Uh, he was just really into goth music at the time, and he decided to make a goth album, and then everyone hated it. And they were like, "This sucks. This isn't what you normally do. This is so weird." Which is strange because back in like two thousand three. He completely changed his sound. He went from recording albums on a uh, on a boombox in his living room to having a fleshed out songs with a band and in a studio. And he made two of the best albums ever. Uh, so he completely changed, and everyone was like, "Wow, so cool!" And then he did it again, and then everyone again. was like, "Boo!" Yeah. And I think around now, people are starting to see that it's actually an incredible album. It's really, really good. Um, Andrew Eldridge's uh, "Moving Back to Leeds" is just a beautiful song. Hmm. I don't know. If that was the end of that thought. Um, <laughs> I was just letting it sink in. We are coming about that time, I believe. Does anyone have any final notes, leftover uh, notes, whatever it's called? Let's see. Um, um, uh, the only, the only real thing. Uh, that I have. It's just like the art style. Um, one thing in particular, uh, when the, the goblins attack, uh, 
I don't know if any of you, if either of you know about like the Legend of Zelda CDI games. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but like that had that that type of uh, artistic energy, um, and it just made me smile. It also reminded me that yeah, it, I'm gonna have to find this, but uh, I was reminded of there's this <laughs> there's these games on the PS2 that are like bootleg Disney games um, where where they they say like Snow White. Or they say Beauty and the Beast or like Snow... Yeah, like those games, right? And it's it's literally just children's games of like like jigsaw puzzles and like uh, Match 3 and stuff like that. But there's always an animation, um, at the, like, like a 30-minute animation on that CD. And it's just like so broken uh, because like I don't know if they're just like not looking at what the animation is and they're just saying whatever comes to mind but the 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 animation and the words don't match up whatsoever perfect it, it's amazing uh, i'll have to as you guys are going over notes i'll, I'll have to find the names of these because it's just a treat to watch this stuff uh one of the ones i remember from the uh what the zelda cdi was uh game crumbs had played it and there's this one part where i think it's even ganon comes up and he's just like now you must die but his body language is like welcoming so again this is an audio podcast i'm about to do this but it's like now you must die and he's like motioning them for (laughs) it's so strange he's like motioning them to come in (laughs) yeah I, i know exactly what you're talking about yeah that those games are ridiculous. If you yeah, if you've sure. never checked them out, Kai, definitely do just for a laugh. They're oh, the, I will. The animation. Don't play, play them. them. You said this is on on what system? CDI. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know you, what that is. You probably won't be able to find one because they're like, it was like a really really train wreck of a of a system, kind of like uh, the Virtual Boy and other stuff like that. I found the game though. Uh, <laughs> the bootleg PS2 game. It's called Snow White and the Seven Clever Boys. Nice. That's a that sounds and like a porn. I, you're not more than anything again, else. This is an it audio medium, like a... but this is what it looks like. <laughs> oh my! I don't feel okay about that. It's great. It's phenomenal. That's incredible. Someone was able to make this. Ugh. Uh, Kai, did you have a did you have a leftover note? Sure. I mean, I got a uh, I guess like a few little baby things because honestly, I didn't I didn't take too much notes on this movie. I just watched it a lot. Um, I wrote that I I really don't like it when spiders talk. <laughs> that made me upset. <laughs> um, uh-huh, not uh-huh. a big fan of it. I when the spiders with a bird. Like, yeah, all of a sudden, was... like, the eagles saved them, and then, like, I wasn't expecting the eagles to talk They're for like, some reason. All right, chill, bro. Good seeing you, dude. And then they fly away. Yeah, it was fucking gnarly. Wow, uh, I really like that the bird, I like the eagles were Spicoli. <laughs> so, you, nerd! <laughs> You're a nerd! Is that what he calls him when he, like, kicks him out of class? Oh, I don't think that was it. Uh, I think it actually, I remember... I'm thinking of the edited version that was on TNT. I remember when, uh,. Oh, he, at one point he does say you dick um yeah it gets edited to you nerd i think on, on yeah on tv i uh the line i the spicoli line i always remembered was um when they drop all the uh the cinder blocks on the guy's car on the guy's brother's car and he goes 
don't worry, man. My dad's a TV repairman. He's got like the ultimate set of tools. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, all right. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's like, what a weird fucking line. Um, and then I think I got really, yeah, I was upset about the lack of sexiness. I was upset the fact that I just literally didn't care. No, there's just no sexy dwarves. And I just don't really care about any, they didn't have like Fiwi or Kiwi or whatever the fuck their names are. Um, they were in it. They were in it, but they just like, they didn't matter as much, I guess, in this world. Um, but they only have, yeah, like they only have a little bit of time. I get it. Um, yeah, I just didn't really give a shit about learning the differences between any of them, sadly. Um, Also, downtown to Goblin Town? That's my Banger. fucking jam. It's a fucking. Yes, it is. It is down, a down dope to Goblin song. Town. It is so good. I gotta find that on uh, Spotify and put that on like my cleaning playlist while I'm at work because that sounds like it would I, be some good shit to. to get I into. also really, really enjoyed the opening song, where it's like Bilbo is a Hobbit. It was like <laughs> I love this. I should listen to this all the time. Except when it comes okay. in every single moment and every single like yeah. scene change. Yeah, every scene change that they like it. Life is an adventure. Um I, I apologize for having one more. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Did anyone else catch the fact because they're a juvenile person that they started off when they were describing the hobbit hole, they just specified what kind of hobbit <laughs> or what kind of holes it's not? Yes. Does anyone remember what holes it's not? I don't remember, but go for it. Well, it's it is a hobbit hole. I want everyone listening to we are clear. Where Bilbo lives is a hobbit hole. Thanks to this movie, I now know that it is not a nasty, dirty, wet hole, and it is also not a dry, sandy one either. (laughs) It's just a hobbit hole, Jim. Just a regular (laughs) hobbit hole. That's that reminds me of one of my favorite Bo Burnham lines. Is uh, he's talking about? friends are like sand uh because they stick together (laughs) mostly near my butthole Uh, (laughs) and then later in the song he's like friends are like great uh blades of grass how because they uh because they flower some shit but at least grass stays away from my butthole (laughs) i got two more quick ones Hit me with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So when the opening credits were happening, I was just reading through all the names, and it just was funny to me that one of them was just straight up Theodore. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, it, yeah, yeah, we all know Theo. It's brother sure. Theodore. I don't know why they didn't mm. just put brother there, but like, sure. sure. Glad that Theodore's on board. Uh, the other one was <laughs> when they got to um, the the city uh, with all the with all the men. And there was a, the, do you guys remember what the, the guardsman's name is? Mm-mm. His name is Bard, the guardsman, right? And, oh, yeah, and yeah, I Bard, just, yeah, yeah, like, oh, immediately, Bard, like, yeah. I, I just wish that there was a twin brother being like, hi, my name is Guard, I'm a bardsman. Yeah, Guard, hey, I'm Guard to Bards. <laughs> yeah. I'm Guard to Bardsman. Yeah, it's like if my name was Joe Grammer. Oh, that would be. Because I'm a programmer. Thanks, so Kai. Thanks for, thanks for backing me up on that one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I don't know what I would be. What's what's a professional house cleaner? What are we, <laughs> I don't think there is one. For uh, me. you'd be Joe Press Joe Professional House Cleaner. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joe Professional House Cleaner. 
I, it's the same exact joke that I made about myself, so I guess it counts. Uh, recycled material. Nice callback. Honestly, that was a good callback. Too. Is it a callback if you call back to immediately the joke you made right before? Does that count? Well, I'm going to look up the definition of a callback because I'm pretty sure it just has to have between, like in time. Um, you bring back referencing something from the past. Anything happens after time. That's how time works. I can't say two things at the same time. It's linear. <laughs> you sound mad about it. Whatever. Here's my here's my leftover notes. Uh, at one point, there's a bunch of things, and it looks like it said "signed PP." I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, at one point, they call him a most excellent Hobbit. Loved that. <laughs> Most excellent. Most... <laughs> uh, and then there was another part where <laughs> Gandalf says something to Bilbo, and then the music starts playing. The transition, the greatest thing or whatever it was, uh, the greatest adventure. That music starts playing, and then Bilbo kind of like looks at the camera, almost like, "Where did that music come from?" <laughs> He's got this weird look on his face, like, "What just happened? Why?" Gandalf, do, do you hear this? <laughs> God. What a movie. Yeah, anyway. It's a fucking experience. Honestly, I'm so glad I got to experience it so shortly, and then it was over. And I'm so sorry to anybody listening who really, really loves this. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, if I watched this as a kid, nostalgia would have made me love this so much more. Um, the dragon scene was dope. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. That The dragon scene was dope. It, the rest of it. It just goes to show, like, how it was back in the day because like i also think about the claymation movies for the christmas ones and i i can remember like watching again recently and how like short and like on exposition they are where it's just like this happens and this happens and this happens yeah. and then everything yeah. right and like like nowadays there's exposition dump everywhere so it, it just goes to show watching this now how little exposition there is and when it is how much it's shoehorned in even to the point yeah. where like when the marksman was like i got this arrow from my father and it never misses right it's like cool mm-hmm. glad you said that probably didn't need that in this, a movie like this um but yeah it just goes to show right. like now it made me yeah it made me think of literally like okay sorry once again kyle i'm gonna make you think about improv it made me think of someone just like heavy-handed and like trying to make me know what the scene's about like <laughs> oh, if someone were to say, like, oh, I don't know, off the top of my head, like, hey, bark, 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 I'm a dog, like, something along those lines. Yeah, you know, some genius comedy idea that, like, you know, some host would come up with in the middle of a show. Yeah, it, it's it's like that. And it gets a big laugh for from Joe Gates. Like, yeah, that that's very specific. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we but yeah, no, that was kind of like storytelling for a long yeah. time, was they were just like, and then this happens. Uh, you don't need it. Like you don't need to know more about it. it just kind of happened. That was pretty cool. Like let's move on to the next thing. Tolkien's style is honestly very like. And then they ran into spiders. Oh, and the spiders could talk too. Uh, then he stabbed them, and then they left, and they went to the next place. Like that. That's really just how Tolkien tells most of the stories. Right they on. ran into trolls, and by the way, trolls turn to stone when the sun comes out. Here's the sun, and then uh. And then they move on to the next, and then they find a sword, and then they move on to the next place. Well, that's so interesting to me because it's like whenever p- people 
talk like who've read the books for the Lord of the Rings talk about the Lord of the Rings they're like yeah they've missed so much on like certain things that would have built the the world like the uh Tom Bobbidi whatever his name is Tom Bobadil like you got it sure um, oh, I had no clue what it was. D- I would have said Tom Bobblehead. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so interesting. Like in those movies, like that are three hours long, there's like, like there's still stuff that they could have put in there. And like watching The Hobbit, it's like, yeah, that was super straightforward. Because yeah. the books are the book is super straightforward. It's just like this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and then Which- it's the end of the book. That's what I'm saying, though. I mean, if, if you absorb this as a kid, you're like, this is perfect. I don't need anything confusing. Just tell me what the fuck happened, and I go to bed. <laughs> so, like, someone... Like a someone responsible wants, kid. <laughs> someone once described the movie Cars 2 as, uh, as a movie in which a child was describing it because things just, like... The way that things happen is they're like, uh, they were in Italy and then uh, Mater, he was a he was a spy. And when he was doing spy things like lightning was like going around and like and then they were in Florida and then like in Florida, they were like doing things with like crocodiles. And while they were doing things with crocodiles, the crocodiles were like, but they were they like weren't real crocodiles. They were like cars that were actually crocodiles. It's like it's just so rambly that it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That's what Cars 2 is. And that's sometimes what happens in The Hobbit is it's just they're just like. Uh, there's a man he could turn into a bear uh, but he's also a man so like it's not like really a man and then like then they see spiders and spiders talk and then they like stab him and then and then like a bunch of elves come and uh, the elves are Italian uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay here with this I got an idea for an improv show okay ready and people are gonna be so pissed and want their money back right away um, <laughs> improv comedians will do a show but it's be- it's behind the set and like that's fine they do their whole set. And then they just send a five-year-old out on stage to explain everything that happened. <laughs> and you just, get, you just hear about all this nonsense that went <laughs> from their perspective. Yeah. And then there was a man. He was actually a horse, though. He wasn't a real horse. He was just pretending. <laughs> At the end. And there was a button, and it said, don't press a button. But me and my friend, we pressed it anyway. And then we ran around. <laughs> That's for The Simpsons. Uh, um, Kyle, did you have anything to promote? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I would like to promote, I guess, my channel. Uh, I am, like I said, trying to get back into it. It's called, it's called the Music Fan. Uh, but you'll probably have to find me uh, if you just type in the playlist, digging through discographies. Um, but and also if you just go to the description of this episode and/or also the comment section of the post that you clicked on to get here. God, that would be too easy. <laughs> um, but around this time, I will be just like doing a rehash through all the albums I've listened to and do like just quick reviews, uh, getting ready for top 50 list, you know, um, honorable mentions and stuff like that. And then hopefully in the beginning of 2022, I will be looking to start that uh, digging through discographies podcast. So um, definitely put more information of that on my channel. Once that actually does happen, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah. Just well, uh, hit, that's that. hit us up when you do, because we'll definitely get that going through the Instagrams. Pay attention to our stories, people. It's important. Follow us because uh, we'll keep you updated about that. And also now you have to, because you have people who have heard you say you're going to do it. 
Yep. So you have you have to do it. Those are I, rules. Just like Bilbo, I have I'm now bounded by a contract. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, I would just say um, promoting just like you for people who are not in the improv team who's been listening to this uh, like like me, I would say check out some good shows now that like we're starting to like get out of the pandemic like go support your your fellow artists um this is definitely a time where 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 people need it um as someone who actually works in the restaurant industry uh, and has seen like how this has been like super hard for for that scene i can only imagine what it is for for people who haven't been able to do any sort of shows including like my friends who do backstage stuff who have done um, ensemble work where they've done lighting and stuff like that and they haven't had jobs so um mm-hmm. now now more than ever uh we need that support um and yeah it's a uh, it's great that you that jim and kai have been able to find this uh this sort of creative out post during this time it's definitely helped me included where i've been able to like find something weekly to to latch on to so i even though i don't watch a lot of movies i greatly appreciate uh being able to listen to this i was actually just going to touch on the same thing and give it right give that love back to you in that thank you for spending time with us thank you for listening um to the to the content and kind of uh, thank you, thank you for now being a Patreon supporter and someone that we just reference on most of our episodes. This, by the way, if anyone's not paying attention, this is the Kyle, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's the Kyle. If you've been listening, uh, no, it 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 means that like. Jim, I'll get a little sappy to you too. Like it means so much that we're you know uh, in a few days here we're uh, for recording this we're hitting our one year uh, since we released our first episode. Like. Uh, yeah, this pandemic yeah. fucking sucked, but um, I'm so grateful. Like, it, and it still does. We're you know with everything that where we're at, but uh, yay, the moments of being able to see live performance. Um, but this, the, oh god, I, I just yeah, I appreciate everybody that's come on. I appreciate you co- for coming on because like this has been such a fucking light and such a fucking dark time. Um, so just like sincerely, like thank you for thank you both uh, for your time and energy and just like thank you for this amazing episode like the best episode and it's the perfect episode and everybody loves it <laughs> yeah i'd like to also thank everyone for loving us and being in love with us and uh being perfect in every way but jim you know that cardboard cutout you have of yourself in your own house yeah, yeah. i snuck in which i mass i mass produced it <laughs> which one <laughs> i mass produced it and it's actually our number one seller on our rotten treasure uh, <laughs> fan page it's it's ridiculous well, I better be getting kickbacks from that. <laughs> no, it's a fan page. I actually, I I run it. I'm I'm actually pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> you run the fan page and the Reddit. I run, I run the fan page. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, Kai is our biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, Kyle. We really appreciate you coming here. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to Jim because it's Jim's responsibility to do the next part because he's the other host. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, Kyle. Uh, join us next week uh, where we will watch the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, animated or- Lord of the Rings from 1978. Woo. Uh, <laughs> and we will be joined by Chris Berg. You know things. I was proud. You kept track of our uh, our scheduling list. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, I 
I didn't uh, because I right uh, just to pull back the curtain right before this. I texted Kyle or I Kyle. I texted Kai. Uh, is tonight the podcast night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing such a great job. But I love that you were just like, yeah, if it is, I'm doing it. You know, no matter what, like whatever funeral or just like whatever, just like uh, if you were gonna get abducted by aliens or whatever you had planned. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> That you had to drop it so you could do the podcast that was scheduled. <laughs> yeah. No aliens. I cannot get probed tonight. I have a <laughs> podcast. So... Next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.